Hello and welcome to the Your Gym Big Sister podcast. I hope you are having a wonderful morning, afternoon, evening, whenever you happen to be listening to this episode. How are we all doing this morning or whenever, like I just said, whenever you're listening to this episode, wow Emma, 19 seconds in and you've already fucked up. It's fine, we move. This is what happens when you don't edit podcast episodes. We keep it raw, real, authentic. Anyway, What's the energy this week, guys? How are we feeling? I have to say, I'm having a fucking fantastic start to October. Um, We're loving the spooky vibes. I kind of can't believe it's October. Like, my brain can't believe that there's less than three months left of this year because I just feel like it's gone so quickly. Um, But yeah, it's going good for me anyway this month, I have to say. Um, Just since being back in Canada, being back home, being back in my environment and back in my routine. I'm just thriving, you know, um, training's going well, coaching's going so, so well. Um, my little team, well, it's not so little anymore, but team excellence with them, I have to say it is growing and I'm just getting to work with so many amazing people at the moment and 2024 is shaping up to be very exciting. Like I've loads of girls lined up already working towards doing photo shoots. I've got a couple of girls who are lined up to compete next year, which just feels wild to me because that's obviously a massive goal of mine is to like, you know, coach like bodybuilders because I fucking love bodybuilding and it's so exciting to me that people trust me to take them through that process you know like obviously of course I have all of the imposter syndrome and self-doubt and I think oh my god am I gonna be able to do this but I also know that I have a lot of knowledge I also have the experience um and yeah I just I'm so excited I really am and I'm just so grateful for this place that I'm in right now with my business not from like a business perspective because honestly I just don't really see myself as like a business owner I just see myself as a fucking coach but I wake up and like all my clients are just smashing it like it's like all like every single check and I'm like yeah fucking hell and like look not everybody's having amazing weeks all the time because that's life and life sometimes throws us challenges but I'm just so proud of like the women I I get to work with because they're all just they're doing their best and they're working so so hard and yeah I just feel like you know I just have this amazing team and it's just incredible and it's everything I ever wanted as a coach and it just makes me so excited that I'm here and I'm just appreciating it so so much because I think I might have spoken about this last week I can't even remember but obviously I always like I'm striving for more and I want more and I never let myself actually just enjoy what I have and the last couple of weeks I've been really just embracing and enjoying exactly what I have right now because I worked so hard to be here and I'm just appreciating it and I'm just riding the wave and I know like you know that wave might crash (laughs) in a couple of weeks as is the nature of the human experience sometimes our mood goes up it goes down but while it's up and while I'm enjoying things I'm just gonna embrace it fully um so yeah life's just good guys good I'm sure you can probably hear it in my voice I'm just like super happy um But yeah, aside from that, update on me, I guess. I'm feeling full (laughs) this week, guys. Um, So basically, my food has gone up. It's been increased every single week for the last like four weeks. Um, And so I'm currently sitting around like, I want to say like 2,800 calories potentially on like a training day. It's probably more than that. Um, I don't really know because basically I have like macros per meal and it's kind of, it all just like adds up. But from what I'm tracking, it's around like two six, but I know there's a few things that I don't track um, that are probably adding the calories up. So 
yeah, it's 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 getting high, guys, which is nice. It's exciting because I do actually love food, um, and I'm actually still pretty hungry. I have to say, um, even with my calories being where they're at, it's so funny. The other day, I actually was talking about this in my Instagram stories, like. For some reason, I get really annoyed when I'm hungry, when I'm not dieting. (laughs) Like, if I'm dieting and I feel hungry, like, I don't care at all. If anything, I kind of, in a sick way, enjoy it because in my head, I'm thinking, yeah, well, if I'm hungry, that means that the diet is working. Um, And I know people are going to listen to that and be like, that's fucked up, but I I don't care. I'm a bodybuilder. I am fucked up. Um, But if I'm hungry and I'm not dieting, I'm like, how dare you feel hungry? right now um but yeah like my my weight basically maintained for like four or five weeks so it kind of it basically after I finished my diet I was like 141 I think and then because I went straight onto a cycle oh my god she's talking about drugs um my weight went up super quickly obviously because I was taking anabolics um and then when I finished I was up at like 150 151 so like six weeks I gained like 10 pounds and then it basically just stayed the same so even when I was like home in Ireland and I was like going out for food and eating loads and stuff my weight just it just stayed the same around that like 150 to 151 mark every time um Christian added food it just kept staying the same so it's finally going up now um thank god and I'm actually going back on cycle next week so I'm sure it's going to go up even quicker and we've or- I added some other things in that will kind of make my weight move a little bit more. Um, I don't like to like talk too much about these sorts of things in specifically because I don't want anybody to copy me. But obviously, you know, I'm always open about what I'm doing. Um, but yeah, like aside from that, though, training is going amazing. Obviously, I did deload like two weeks ago and I'm just in a really good flow right now. Loving being in the gym, like training just like it feels so powerful. I feel so strong and I'm loving the like building part of bodybuilding like it's just it's so much fun like I just don't understand people who are like I I mean I get people are scared to go into gaining phases and stuff but once you've been in one and you felt how fucking incredible it is to train with like lots of food and power behind you nothing beats it you know like this is the building part of bodybuilding you know it's this it's the fun bit you know it's the bit where you're going in and you're like I can't believe I'm this strong and you know you just feel like fucking superwoman so yeah I'm actually so excited now for the next few months and yeah it's going to be interesting to see now how I grow over the next like whatever six weeks again going back onto a cycle assistance phase because like the last time and even now like if I compare my pictures now versus when I finished my diet which was like 12 weeks ago geez 12 weeks that's gone fast like I can see how much I've grown and that's insane because like to actually see like obviously being natural for so long like I was not seeing fucking muscle growth in 12 weeks. It does not happen, you know, when when I when you're like 8 years into training naturally. So to now see it happen that quickly, it's in fucking sane. Um and I am definitely feeling a bit chunky, you know? It's fine. It's fine. Like I don't really care. And honestly, when I'm wearing gym clothes, I feel great. The only time that I actually kind of get a bit stressed about how I look or I kind of don't feel the best is when I have to wear normal people clothes like we were going out the other evening. And I was just like, I don't know what to wear. Like, I've no clothes that, like, fit me. Or not that even that they don't fit me, but they don't look good on me. Like, I just, I don't know. Because, like, if I get trousers that fit my legs, they're too big on my waist. And then they make me look bigger than I actually am. So, if anybody has, like, style tips for 
like, you know, off-season chunky girlies, please send them over to me because I need help, basically, is what I'm saying. Because I've got loads of things coming up, like, in the next while. Like, I'm travelling, going to the Olympia, going to WMBF Worlds, I've got to do York. And I'm, like, a little bit, not nervous for it, but in my head I'm thinking, like, fuck's sake, I don't want to have this thing where every time I get dressed I feel stressed about how I look. Like, I want clothes that actually just make me feel good. So if anybody has, like, tips, please send them my way please, and I'm being serious there, message me on Instagram and tell me how the fuck I'm supposed to dress. Um, but aside from that, I'm pretty detached from how I look, you know, and it's actually funny. I was talking to um, Shane about this last night of like the sort of expectations versus reality of, you know, going assisted. I think I sort of thought I would look much different in my off seasons, that I would still look like super lean, which I'm not saying that I don't look like leanish but I don't look shredded you know even at like a higher body weight um you know I'm still I still gained like a good bit of body fat around like my midsection which is like just where I tend to gain fat um, and I think maybe in my head I thought that that wouldn't happen so it's interesting you know and look like obviously it might like maybe in a few years of me being like whatever assisted and having like way more muscle it might be that way um but yeah for now like I actually look pretty similar to how I would normally look in an off season which is interesting um but I'm just enjoying where I'm at I'm riding the wave and I'm just seeing where it takes me which is hopefully closer to giant fucking glutes um I can see that my legs have grown a lot it's just it's the glutes guys they're so it's so hard when you spend so many years just like doing so little glute volume that like because my quads and my hamstrings are so fucking strong they tend to try and take over um so I'm really trying to get super specific with my glute training um like which is hard it is hard you know I'm trying to have to learn like basically new movement patterns and stuff like that but anyway we work we work um but yeah that's really it about me there's not much else going on I'm just like I said loving being back in a routine I'm focusing on my girls on my business which is cool focusing on getting massive and yeah it's gonna be a good fucking month so aside from that no don't have anything else to update you guys on so that's 10 minutes of your life you're never getting back you're welcome okay but today today's episode is a special episode they are all special aren't they? I base, I'm pretty sure I say that at the start of every episode, but of course it's special because I'm fucking recording it. Anyway, I want to chat about something that's a very overused word in health and fitness, I feel, and just in the world, but it's also a very important word and something that we need to pay attention to, and that is mindset, okay? So today I want to dive into what our mindset even is, how can we actually change it, um, through understanding and using neuroplasticity, which is essentially the process of our brain rewiring itself in order to change our thoughts, change our behaviours and therefore change our actions. And I've been wanting to do this episode for ages, like the neuroplasticity one, but I knew I needed to spend a good bit of time like researching it and really putting it together because it's a big topic and it's one that I've just been fascinated by for ages but I'm gonna really focus and hone in on the concept or the idea of developing a growth mindset which 
in my opinion, is the most fundamental thing we need to have in order to make sustainable and positive changes in our lives. And I really think it's the foundation of behavior change or it's the foundation of going on any sort of personal development journey, whether that's in the gym or, you know, changing your careers or just in life in general, having a growth mindset will allow you to push yourself so much further and achieve so much more in life. Okay. So before we dive in, as always, guys, if you are enjoying the podcast, if you like what I have to say and you think I'm kind of cute and funny, thank you. Could you please rate, review, follow, do all those little things, press all the buttons near my podcast page because it helps me grow and it helps me reach more people and I just want to spread the good word. That's the whole reason that I made this podcast is just to help people and to hopefully put out some good information. (laughs) Fingers crossed question mark. Um and you can also share it on your Instagram stories and you can tag me because then I can tell you thank you, I love you. And my Instagram is at Emma.curvin. And if you don't already follow me there, go and follow me. Thank you, because I'm putting put out even more good stuff there. I'm definitely a lot more real and raw on my podcast, <laughs> which is why I made it in the first place, because I get very in my head with my um Instagram and I'm like, oh my god, I need to make it all professional. It's fucking bullshit anyway. Okay, sorry. <laughs> see? See what I mean? Right, let's let's dive in. Sorry, I feel like I'm very much um Delulu vibes today. I, I this is what happens when I'm actually like in a really good mood. I'm just a bit all over the place. Um we move. Okay, what is your mindset? I think that's the first question that we need to answer. Okay, because it's obviously a fucking buzzword. Everybody talks about it. I mean, if I see one more coach, I help women develop a bulletproof mindset. What the fuck's a bulletproof mindset? Fuck off, LaRue. Anyway, so I always, yeah, um, and like, it's the sexy thing these days. I think it is. And I, I, I do get it because it is important, but I think a lot of people just say it because they know it's important, but they don't actually know what they're talking about. Um, and I think, I think we all like, we have an idea of what your mindset is. We kind of have this like intuitive idea in our head, but how do we actually define it? Because when you can define something, you understand it. And when you understand it, you can change it. Okay. So someone that I'm going to mention um, at the outset of this is Dr. Alia Krom. So she is a really, really prominent researcher in the field of mindsets. She does have a book and I can't remember what the name of it is, but just look her up. Um, I'll, I'll try and link it below if I remember, but she has done a lot of work here. Um, I've heard her on the Huberman Lab podcast. She's done a few TED Talks. She's very, very, very intelligent. And she sort of defines mindsets as the core assumptions we make about the things and processes in the world that orient us to a particular set of expectations, explanations, and goals. So examples are things like aging is an inevitable decline, or cancer is a catastrophe, or healthy foods are disgusting and depriving. So these are all examples that she has given. So it's basically the way that we think about things. I think that that's a really simple way to break it down is how we think about certain things. So, and that those certain things can be anything. It can be ourselves, it can be fitness, it can be the world, it can be finance, it can be business, but it's just how we think about those things and what the way we think about those things helps us to 
change our behaviors, I suppose. So again, we can hold different mindsets in different areas of our lives. So it could be your fitness, your nutrition, your finance, your ability to even set and achieve goals. And mindsets are basically our brain's way of simplifying the very uncertain and very unpredictable world that we live in. Okay. Our brain likes things to be simple. It likes to put things in a box, but that's not reality. Of course, like there is just so much nuance within everything within this world, but it helps us to simplify the kind of infinite potential interpretations that could come about of the world because like I said our brain likes predictability it likes consistency and it's not that our mindsets are right and wrong but they're going to impact how we experience life and what we think about life and how we navigate ourselves in the world and they really do change our reality you know like what you think what you perceive you believe and I could I'm actually I'm reading a book right now I can't even remember what the name of it is. It's just like a really short, it's like um, really concise instructions for being just as you are. Um, It's a very short book about kind of dualism or like duality and non-duality. So it's sort of talking about like, you know, does anything exist except our perception of it? And if we're not perceiving it, does it exist? Very sort of like woo-woo, but I kind of love it (laughs) at the same time. But, you know, at the end of the day, you only have your perception of reality. Now, that perception isn't necessarily grounded in reality. It could be right, it could be wrong. It's not right or wrong, but it's just, it is what it is. You know, life is your perception of life. I'm getting way too deep in there. Okay, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop talking about that because it's kind of going off off, off on, a, on a bit of a tangent. But basically, um, our mindsets, they, they're like sunglasses. I think that's a really good analogy here. So basically, you can have dark sunglasses, you could have pink tinted sunglasses, you could have blue tinted sunglasses. And so you put those sunglasses on and it changes what you're looking at. And that's sort of what our mindset is like. So we might, I, me and somebody else could be looking at the same reality, um, but the lens through which we're looking at it is different. And so that's going to dictate how we respond to it, what we think about it. It's going to respond how we, uh, or it's going to dictate how we respond mentally, how we respond physically. Um, it's going to change what our bodies prioritize, what we, what we prepare ourselves to do. And the physical responses that can come about from our mindsets are huge. And I'm going to give you a few examples here. I'm not going to labor the points too, too much just because I could talk about these for ages, but a really good book to read if you want to learn more about how our mindsets and what we expect of the world can change our physical responses. Um, read The Expectation Effect. It's really good and it's really interesting. But two studies that Dr. Aliyah Crum did very early on in her career that really informed her sort of research, you know, in into mindsets is the hotel maid study. So you might've heard about this. And if you haven't, I'm going to explain to you right now, but basically the researchers took two groups of hotel maids and they kind of asked them a few questions about whether they thought that they were doing exercise while they were working. And most of them said, no, they didn't think that they were exercising. However, if you look at actually how much physical movement a hotel maid does day to day, walking around, making beds, you know, hoovering, doing all that stuff, it's actually a a lot of exercise it's it meets the requirements for the the weekly exercise target that you know they would kind of set and so they basically took two groups of these hotel maids they asked them about this and then one of the groups they basically informed them and they explained to them how many calories they were burning you know how this can kind of Im- improve their their body composition and stuff like that the other group they didn't tell them anything and then they studied them 
And then at the end of the study, the group who they had told that they were doing exercise had lost weight, improved markers of things like metabolism, insulin sensitivity and stuff like that. The other group hadn't and they hadn't changed anything about their behaviours. They kept monitoring them. They weren't moving harder or moving more vigorously, like they weren't doing anything differently. But one group simply believed that what they were doing now counted as exercise and as such, they received benefits from that. Like that's fucking insane. And then another study that she did is the milkshake study so they would basically take two groups of people they gave them a milkshake one group they told them that it was like this really indulgent high calorie milkshake the other group they told them that it was a slim fast milkshake you know like a kind of like a protein shake they got them to drink it they then asked them how full they felt after it and they marked they measured markers of satiation so like things like ghrelin and leptin so this the group who thought they had the really high calorie indulgent milkshake reported feeling more full but they also had had increased amount of leptin secreted which is our satiation hormone or our fullness hormone so they physically actually showed that they were fuller the other group they reported feeling less hungry or less full after the milkshake after like the slim milkshake and they also secreted less leptin so like physically physiologically they were less full but the milkshake was the same plot twist so again just expecting that something is like super high calorie and indulgent you might feel a little bit more full afterwards and expecting that something is healthy low calorie you're gonna feel less full isn't that crazy so again that's just like two examples there's so many um and they've they've done similar studies in using things like um stress our stress mindsets and i did speak about that a little bit in the stress management technique episode so again these things matter your mindset does matter and it does it's not just how like what your mind responds to something but it's actually your body as well so I think that's fucking cool anyway so it doesn't just have to be like like your mindset isn't just about like a specific habit or practice but we can even hold mindsets about our lives in general or the worldview that we have and there's so many different mindsets that we might have and when it comes to especially our fitness goals our mindsets towards them make a massive difference and it can literally be the thing that makes or breaks us on our journey so I'm just going to give a few examples of different mindsets or sort of cognitive distortions that could be holding you back Um, and you might recognize a lot of these so for example all or nothing thinking so you're either completely on plan or completely off there's no in between you know you can't have moderation it's either I'm completely healthy I'm only eating chicken salads or I'm just eating crap for breakfast lunch and dinner and if I have even one slip up I just give up everything and I just go headfirst into the Ben and Jerry's that's that sort of all or nothing thinking and you hear I hear this all the time they're like oh I'm either I'm either completely on or I'm completely off okay well like why don't we try and meet somewhere in the middle probably gonna get you a lot further got black or white thinking as well which is sort of similar to all or nothing but this would be more so with relation to food for example so either food is good or bad and there's no in between and if you have any bad food you have fucked up and then usually end up eating all of the bad foods and again it's about understanding that food just exists on this spectrum some food is higher in nutrients some food might be lower in nutrients but none of it's good none of it's bad it all has its place in a diet depending on the phase you're in and depending on the quantities within which you have that perfectionism as well this is again oh I'll start I I, want to start but I've got like a my dog's friend's birthday is in three weeks so I'll just wait till after that or I just need to wait until things are a little bit more settled in my life to start my fitness goals bullshit there's always going to be something coming up okay starting start now start before you're ready okay and perfectionism in my opinion is just an excuse it's a scapegoat if you say I'm just I'm just such a perfectionist that gives you a reason not to start things and not to fail 
but the only way you're going to get good at things is by failing at first. So don't use perfectionism as an excuse. I see right fucking through that, okay? Like, no, you're not a perfectionist. You're just scared to try. So get over that fear and fucking start. Okay, and then limiting beliefs. This is also one and this is one that I definitely had for a long time and I'm sure I still have it about other things but um I always thought I just can't diet I just can't be disciplined I just can't say no to chocolate well guess what the more that you tell yourself and the more that you believe those things the more that likely they are to be true so you know you can change basically so where do we develop these like where do these mindsets even come from I mean, they really, they come from childhood. They come from conditioning. They come from the people around us. They come from our peers as we were growing up. They come potentially from how we are educated or potentially a lack of education. You know, if you've never learned about calories and macros and understanding the concept of, you know, eating in moderation, then of course you're going to have the mindset of all or nothing thinking. You know, if you grew up in the era when fats were demonized, of course you're going to think that you shouldn't eat fats, you know, or, you know, if you grew up around a parent who maybe had their own sort of limiting beliefs, then there's no wonder that you might have picked those up as well, you know? So I think the first step is actually just trying to understand if you do have these sorts of mindsets, where did they come from, you know? And, and ask yourself, and, and nine times out of ten, you'll you'll be able to kind of spot where, um, but even just starting to become aware of the fact that you have them is the first step. Because and I say this all the time, guys, awareness is the first step to change. If you are not aware of something, you cannot change it. And I think a lot of people are not even aware that like the, the limiting beliefs one is the biggest one. I think a lot of people have no idea that they're constantly saying these things to themselves. They're constantly saying, oh, I'm such a failure. I just can't do it. I just can't say no. I just can't be disciplined. I just can't blah, 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 blah. Yeah, well, the more you tell yourself that, the more likely it is to be true. Okay, so let's just bust that fucking story wide open. Okay. And guess what? I'm about to teach you how. I'm about to tell you how to do it. Okay, so I want to talk about fixed and growth mindsets now because I really do think this is sort of like at the crux of it all. And if you can get this right, it's going to make everything else much simpler. So, you know, especially if we're talking about our health and fitness goals, this concept of the fixed or growth mindset is really important. So someone, and you've, look, I mean, you've probably heard about this again, um, would definitely read the book Mindset by Carol Dweck. Carol Dweck, Dr. Carol Dweck, is again very prominent in the field of this research of like the fixed versus growth mindset. So what's a fixed mindset? So someone with a fixed mindset really just thinks that they can't change. Um, and the they think that they're born with different skills. They think that they're born with different qualities and that they just are going to stay the same forever. They might think that their personality is just the way that it is and it's never going to change. These people also tend to avoid situations where they might fail or they don't know the outcome. So if they don't know they're going to be able to do something, they don't even try. Again, and it's just that sort of limiting belief of, well, I don't know if I can do it, so I'm just not going to bother. And then on the other side of the spectrum, we have the growth mindset. And that's essentially the opposite. So people with this mindset think that they can change. They think that they can adapt. They think they can grow. They think they can work on new skills. They can develop their abilities, even their intelligence, and get better over time by learning from mistakes and challenges. And this research, this field of research really started in children it started in kids they would study kids and sort of try to ask them if they thought that their intelligence was fixed or if it was malleable so something that they could change and get better at over time so kind of ask yourself like right now do you think that you were born with 
your intelligence set? You know, do you think some people are naturally smart, so to speak? Do you think that you can improve it? You know, do you think, do you think setbacks are a sign that you should give up and just stop trying? Or do you look at them as a sign that you should actually just try harder or try something else, try a different approach? So a lot of this work, like I said, was in young kids. And what they would do is they would give them math problems because fuck that. I mean, God, maths. But anyway, they'd give them math problems. They're a bit too hard. So, you know, say they were 10 year old kids, they'd give them math problems that were probably a bit more suitable for kids who were 12, you know, so like just a little bit too hard. And some of those kids would really enjoy the challenge. And they kind of felt that it was a sign. And No, and they, some other kids, sorry, I'm messing this one up now. Fuck's sake, Emma. Some of the kids enjoyed the challenge. They enjoyed trying harder. Whereas some of the other kids felt that it was a sign that they weren't smart or that they had failed. So then they would take the kids who had failed um, and they would then evaluate them and ask them what they would do the next time and some of those kids actually said that they said they would cheat they said they would look for other people who had done worse um, and compare themselves to them so that they could feel better about themselves and essentially all of those kids just ran away from the difficulty rather than leaning into the challenge and even more interesting they would take the kids and then scan their brains and actually the brain scans would show that the brain activity in those kids with the fixed versus growth mindset when confronted with mistakes were very different. So the kids with the fixed mindset, they basically showed no activity in their brain, which just meant that if they were presented with a challenge, they just didn't engage. Like they didn't even, didn't even bother. They would just not try. Whereas the kids with the growth mindsets, their brain scans would light up. They would show lots of brain activity because they were very deeply engaged and they're trying to process the mistake and learn from it and correct it. So, you know, these fixed mindset kids, as soon as a challenge comes up, they just, they just back off. They just don't bother. You know, they're just like, no, I'm not going to try. I'm not going to try. But the kids with the growth mindsets, they continue pushing themselves and trying, even if they don't get it right, even if they never get the problem right, they still keep trying to get it right. And they get satisfaction from that. So what does this sort of mean for your health and for your fitness? Like, okay, I'm talking about intelligence in kids. (laughs) And you're probably like, I'm not doing fucking math problems. I'm just trying to get my macros right, bitch. But it does translate to what we're doing, like massively. It has a huge impact. And I see people come to me with fixed mindsets all the time, all the time, okay? Especially with nutrition and tracking and MyFitnessPal. This is where it comes up the most. So someone will try tracking and they find it hard at first because it's hard, like it is. You're trying to make sense of it. You're like, I don't know what fucking protein source is. Why aren't my calories matching up? How do I hit my protein goals? Why am I going over on my fats? And it's, it's, it's hard at first, but some people just give up. They're just like, I can't figure it out. It can't, can't do it. Like it's been two days and I'm not getting this perfect. I'm just going to give up. And I always just try and say to them, babes, it's a skill. Like you have to learn, you know? And I've been tracking for Jesus, 10 years, I want to say. No, probably longer, 11 years. Do you think I was a pro tracker at first? No, absolutely fucking not. It took me years to get it right. And it's just one of those things that takes time. Like it's a skill or I'll see people and if say if they mess up their diet after like one or two weeks, they they just think it's a sign that they can't do this and they want to give up. And I just say to them like, you, you've been doing it like a week or two. Of course, you're going to have slip ups or make mistakes. It's not about not making mistakes. It's about just trying to correct them 
you know it's about saying okay I fucked up here but what can I do better next time how can I make sure this doesn't happen again how can I embrace the fact that this is a skill that I need to practice 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 and learn before I can get better you know like fuck around and find out it's one of my favorite phrases or everything is figure outable again like you have to understand that you're not going to be great at things at first you know and it's the same with training. I see this a lot. You know, say if I have a client and I give them new a new exercise and they can't figure out the machine the first time they try it or it doesn't feel great. They're like, I just, I don't like this exercise. I want to change it. I want to give it up. What the fuck? You've tried it once. Like even, I don't even know how to use new machines. They're new. How can you know how to do something that you have never done before? What the fuck? <laughs> it's like it's like i'm gonna go to this spanish class for the first time and then you walk out and you're like i'm not fucking fluent in spanish what the fuck like no no it doesn't work that way you have to start bad to get good to get great write that on my fucking gravestone you have to be bad at first and you have to be willing to be bad whenever you're trying something new nobody starts something and is amazing at it like very rarely you know okay yeah you might be a I don't know like a fucking musical genius who can just pick things up but that's like in fitness and health that's rare you know like you have to understand it's going to feel clunky and awkward and you're not going to know what you're doing because it's new it's new it's new it's new if it's new you're not going to know do it okay that's okay. That's okay. You don't have to be amazing at first. You just have to be willing to try and try and try and try again and get better, you know? And again, like even I see people with their fixed mindset around like their self-perception, you know? So maybe in the past they haven't been able to like diet successfully or maybe they haven't been able to stick with things or they haven't been able to stick with a diet. So they just tell themselves in their head like they can't do it. They don't think they have the ability to change and get better. They just tell themselves, I can't do it, I can't do it, I can't do it. And I'll always say to people like, you know, think about is there anything in your life that you've stuck with up until now I mean like you you go to your job every day so I'd say you're sticking with that or if you've gotten a degree you know you had to stick with you know studying and learning you know I'm not saying that you did it perfectly I'm not saying you did it all the time but you had to stick with it to a degree you know and even if it comes to business or learning a new skill like again I always tell myself like oh I just can't edit videos I just can't make content I just can't speak on camera I can't speak on camera in the gym I hate doing it but I can I can but I had to be willing to be shit at first like oh my god if you go back and watch any of my instagram reels from last year wow they're terrible they're so bad and you know what i'm probably going to look at my reels from this year in like a year or two and be like jesus they are so bad but again you have to just be willing to be shit like i whenever i'm talking to people about kind of like content or new coaches and they sort of say like oh like i'm just i'm so bad at speaking on camera so i'm just waiting to get better at it it's like well you're not going to get better at it without doing it duh or even with coaching they're like oh I just I I I need like more experience but like I, I don't know how to start like you just start just start just start you'll figure it out give yourself credit um but again like so much so much can be said for just just fuck around and find out or figure it out as you go along because believe me you will you will figure it out eventually but you have to try and try and try again like most people who are in positions where you're like, oh, they look like they know what they're doing. I am willing to bet you a lot of money that they bullshitted their way there and they are winging it. Like we're all winging it. 
Guarantee. Like, I am winging it. Everybody's winging it. Like, okay, am I winging it a bit less now? Sure. But I'm still winging it. <laughs> I'm still just giving my best guess, you know? When things happen, I'm like, meh, I'm just going to try, try, try this, you know? And I think the more you get to know people who are in positions of, like, you know, leadership or power or whatever, and you speak to them, you realise you're just winging it as well. And it's great and it's really comforting. But you have to just, just fucking try jesus just try there's so much to be said for the word try and anyway i'm going to tell you about why it's bullshit to think that you're stuck the way you are i'm going to tell you that you can change i'm going to tell you that you can get better and you can grow and dr dweck cal dweck she's put out a lot of studies of a similar idea where they actually look at how different or how children with different mindsets respond to challenges and then from that she's also done a lot of research in how to foster a growth mindset and she does a lot of work in schools you know teaching educators how to foster that growth mindset because again they play a very pivotal role and that's really the key and also as a side note you can have a growth mindset in one area and then like a fixed mindset in another so for example you might think like oh i can get better at music but you might think that you're just not that smart or you know just things like that so it's not that you are either fixed or growth you can exist on a continuum and you can have like one mindset about something in your life and another mindset about something else but yeah you're probably thinking like okay shit maybe i have a fixed mindset can i change it and obviously the good news is yes because otherwise why would i be recording this podcast it would be such a waste imagine if i just record the podcast and i was like yep you've got a fixed mindset tough luck bye (laughs) but no you can and so there's a few things that um carl dweck found or has kind of put forward that do help a lot with fostering that growth mindset so the the kind of number one thing is praising the process not the quality or the outcome um and so praising the hard work not the a grade and like again side note like i know my family did this really really well so i always got really good grades in school and they always praised the work that i did not the grades you know, they always said, yeah, but you're such a hard worker, you know, so you deserve that. Not that like, oh, you just, you're so smart, so you just got it, you know, um, so that's just big ups to them. But again, if you're looking at this through the lens of health and fitness, praise the consistent weeks, you know, celebrate how adherent you are, celebrate the efforts you're putting in in the gym rather than focusing on the weight loss or the physique, you know, and this really helps us build that resilience, you know. So again, like when I'm coaching clients, like, I will like very rarely be like oh yes amazing you're down in weight it's more so look how fucking amazingly consistent your macros were look how good your steps were like this you know and and yes it's great that the weight came down but that came down as a result of all that stuff that you've been doing so praising the process and the hard work and again another thing that helps with fostering your own mindset is actually just learning about it and learning how the brain changes and rewires through neuroplasticity when you push through a challenge this is also really helpful and just knowing it's possible is literally half the battle and look at you i'm going to explain explain that process soon another thing we want to focus on is the word yet which is a beautiful word so if you try something and it doesn't work okay don't tell yourself that you failed tell yourself that you just haven't gotten it yet yet is a stunning word because it doesn't it doesn't shut the door it leaves a crack open that you can continue to widen it tells you that you can it might just take a bit longer than you hoped and that's okay it leaves that bridge between where you are now and where you want to be open and you can still cross it it might just take a bit of time you might need to find a new way to cross the bridge but you can still get there and generally trying to reframe failure as a good thing and this is something that the gym has helped me with so so much is like if i chase failure and i fail my sets i'm growing Um, And so if I fail at something in my life now, I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'm probably going to grow from this. I'm probably going to get better. I'm going to adapt. I'm going to overcome. 
So I think at this point, just really getting clear on where you think you're at in terms of your mindset, you know, do a little bit of an audit. And again, it can be different for different things, but you know, maybe you've got a growth mindset about relationships, but you've got a fixed mindset about your intelligence or your fitness. So reflect on how you approach challenges and setbacks. You know, when things go wrong, what's your gut reaction? Is it fuck this, I'm not going to try again? Or is it okay, you know what, maybe I just need to try a different approach. So now we're going to talk about the actual biology and physiology of this, because I always say, The better you understand the process, the more likely you are to, one, engage in it, buy into it. And like knowledge is power. And you know, I'm always going to go into the science because I kind of love it. Um, So let's talk about neuroplasticity, neuroplasticity, which is the real meaty part of this podcast. Okay. And again, this is a topic I'm fascinated by. I really first started learning about it a lot on sort of Huberman Lab back in 2021. And I really do recommend some of his earlier episodes if you want to learn more. And this was also around the time that I was doing neuroscience in university. So it was pretty cool for me to be able to piece all these things together, like to actually be able to delve into the process a little bit more um and i'm like i said before i'm obsessed with the brain i'm obsessed with the nervous system if you haven't listened to the nervous system podcast go back and listen it's a couple of episodes ago but you know when it comes to the brain and nervous system we we really do need to appreciate its importance so that we can use it to our advantage because at the end of the the day our behaviors our thoughts they're driven by our brain now i'm not going to get too into the theory of consciousness like what is the mind what are thoughts blah 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 because fuck me again I could be here all day but that organ that thing inside our head it's definitely playing some sort of a role in the thoughts we're producing you know thoughts are just electrical signals in our brain so again having an understanding of the process of neuroplasticity will in my opinion change the game for you so I want to start with a quote so Every man can if he so desires become the sculptor of his own brain so this was said by, I'm going to get this wrong, Santiago Ramon y Cajal, Spanish, Spanish neuroscientist, actually from the late 1800s. So even back then he was saying this. So, and it's true because we can sculpt our brain. And when we sculpt our brain, guess what we sculpt? Our fucking life. Okay. Sculpt the brain, sculpt the life. They're all linked. And what is neuroplasticity? So it's basically the concept that our brain creates new neural pathways and modifies existing ones in response to behavioral, environmental and neural changes. You know, we have to remember that our brain is this incredible network of almost 100 billion neurons. It's actually 89 billion neurons, I think, to be precise, but I'm going to say 100. (laughs) Lol. And they all communicate with each other in different pathways to produce different functions. So we might have networks that drive a specific thought or a specific skill, like maybe contracting your bicep muscle or writing with a pen, you know, even writing a specific word, playing, playing the piano. Like we have these pathways as well that will drive physiological functions like breathing or blinking. And so for a long time, it was actually believed that neuroplasticity or this changing and rewiring of the brain only happened in childhood. And that once we reached adulthood, and we were fully formed it just stopped and our brains were stuck permanently the way that they are but now we know that that is just not true your brain can keep rewiring throughout your entire life and this might be in response to learning new skills or even in response to an injury if you get an injury in the brain um, if an area of the brain is damaged another area of the brain can actually take over the functions of the damaged area you know um so like say you so an area of your brain gets damaged that drives moving your hand or moving your fingers those pathways will migrate to another area of your brain so that you can keep moving your fingers over time very interesting i did read a book about this recently i can't remember the name of it fuck anyway 
if I can remember the name of all these things, I will put them in the show notes. So anyway, to understand neuroplasticity, we want to briefly understand how neurons in a pathway communicate with each other. So a neuron receives a signal and that's an electrical signal and it travels down the neuron and then it's converted into a chemical signal in the form of neurotransmitters being released into the synapse between that neuron and the next neuron. So the synapse is just the gap between one neuron and another in a pathway. And so those neurotransmitters that are released from one neuron to the next neuron then drive that electrical signal down the next neuron and the process repeats itself. So this it's this process of like neuron after neuron being activated and the more of a certain the more a certain synaptic pathway or just neural pathway is used, the stronger the connections and communications become between the neurons of those pathways, okay? So the phrase that's often used is neurons that fire together, wire together. And an analogy I like to give here of laying down these sort of neural connections and strengthening these pathways. So imagine that there's a snowstorm overnight, okay? So you wake up, the garden is completely evenly covered in snow, So one person then goes and walks down the path. There's going to be some faint footprints, but they might easily get covered up if more snow falls or if it melts because they're weak. But if someone else goes down the same path, the footprints are going to get deeper and they'll be less likely to disappear. And if more and more people walk down that same pathway, eventually a really large walkway is going to form and it's not going to move and it's going to be very, very strong. And that's sort of the idea here. Every time that signal travels down a specific pathway of neurons, it gets stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. Now, if it only goes down once and then it's never used again, it's going to be weak. It's probably not going to stick around for too long. So again, the first time you engage in a behavior, that connection is going to be weak. But the more and more you do it, the stronger it's going to get. So the first time you do a specific exercise in the gym, it's going to feel awkward. It's going to feel weird because you haven't strengthened the neural pathways. But over time and with repetition, you get better at that particular exercise. And that's basically habit formation and learning. So we also undergo a process called synaptic pruning. This is basically the process of getting rid of unused or unnecessary neural connections because they're really expensive to maintain. You know, how does all of this happen? We need energy. We need glucose. The brain uses the most amount of glucose in the body. So if you are not using a pathway, your brain's going to be like, fuck off, I'm going to get rid of you. So if you want to remain good at a skill, you have to keep practicing it. Have you ever tried to do something that maybe you used to be really good at and you're like, oh shit, I can't do this anymore. It's because that pathway's gotten weak. Maybe it's being kind of started to get rid of, you know? Um, So how do we drive this neuroplasticity and change and how can it help us with changing our mindsets? Because that's the whole point of this episode, of course, and help us with building better habits. So the first step is actually just like just having the knowledge that this process is happening is so powerful. This is step one to building a growth mindset. You have to believe that change is possible in order to make it happen. And it is, which is very exciting. Like we now know physiologically it is possible to change your brain and improve your mindset and your habits, your behaviors, your actions, everything. And there are different neural circuits and neurotransmitters involved in the actual process of neuroplastic change. Things like acetylcholine and the nucleus accumbens, the prefrontal cortex, the the basal ganglia. I'm not going to go really deep into these because honestly, my own understanding is not that deep. Um, And I don't want to like pretend that I know more than I know. Like I know the base level um, of some of this stuff, but I'm not a fucking neuroscientist. But I don't think you need to have a neuroscience degree to appreciate how to engage in this and how to use neuroplasticity for your advantage or just to know that it's happening. So the first thing you want is usually to be in a state of alertness and high focus. So whether that's relying on things like 
caffeine, taking like rapid shallow breaths that can drive focus or just being in an environment where you feel more focused, like your office can help, you know, and this kind of comes more so down to like when we're learning new things. So like you're learning, maybe you're trying to like read a paper and solidify some information in your brain, but having a state of high focus can help. Also using practices like meditation, visualization, mindfulness that can enhance neuroplasticity just because it engages your brain in very focused, intentional and repetitive mental exercises. And these practices then encourage the different structural and functional changes in the brain by promoting formation of new neural connections, strengthening existing ones and allowing for adaptive changes. Um, The most obvious way to drive neuroplastic change is repetition. And I think this is so relevant to your self stories or your limiting beliefs. Again, if you always tell yourself you can't do it, you can't do it, you can't do it, then you won't be able to do it. But if you tell yourself you can or that you can try and get better, then you probably will be able to. So ask yourself, how often do you tell yourself negative things? Like be honest, it's probably fucking a lot, okay? Because a lot of people are assholes to themselves and they're so self-deprecating and self-defeating. And I get this. I feel like this sometimes. I get into moods like this sometimes where I just feel like I'm doing everything wrong and I can't fucking figure it out and I get so annoyed at myself. But if you don't even know that that's the voice that's happening, you can't change it. You know, I, I've, I've come to this point now where I can at least be aware when it's happening and I'm kind of like, okay, I maybe need to call myself out on this one or try and break that negative streak. But I think a lot of people don't even realize that they're stuck in there. They don't, they don't realize that they're stuck in this story that is harming them and not helping them, you know? So just being aware of what these phrases you're saying to yourself are or the stories you have um, because when you become aware of them, you can start to interrupt them and maybe disrupt the connections. And maybe then you can start laying down more helpful connections and maybe strengthening connections that are going to better serve you. Another really powerful modulator of neuroplasticity and just general brain function is sleep. And yes, I'm talking about sleep again. Okay, shoot me. I don't fucking care. You need to sleep. If you're not prioritizing your sleep after listening to all of my podcast episodes, what the fuck are you doing? Go to bed. <laughs> but seriously guys sleep is so important for your brain function your cognitive function it's important for your training it's important for your mood your stress tolerance your resilience so look at your sleep as being just as important as your training or your nutrition you know and i have an entire episode all about sleep but just some basic tips go to bed at the same time every night wake up at the same time every day your body loves routine sleep in a cold dark room a quiet room Get off your fucking phone before bed. If you are going to bed and you are sitting in bed, scrolling on TikTok, sort yourself out. Okay. Okay. Yes, my darling. Thank you. Another thing that can help with actually neuroplasticity is making mistakes and embracing errors. So what this does is actually increases the activity of those neural circuits involved in alertness, which, as I said earlier, enhances neuroplasticity. So when you make a mistake, you become more alert because you're like, oh shit, what have I done wrong? And this feeling of stress or pressure or just the general feeling of something being challenging. So when you're feeling frustrated because you think you're doing something wrong or you can't figure it out, that is your brain changing. That is neuroplasticity occurring. Like that feeling of like, why, why can't I figure this out? And if you push through that, you will get there. So when you feel that sort of block, you need to push through it and remind yourself that this is the process we want occurring. This is the actual feeling we're chasing. It's that feeling of challenge and error that's driving the changes. And again, that's that growth mindset in action. You know, if you can say, okay, this feels really challenging and really hard, but 
unless I stick with this, I'm not going to figure it out. Because you won't figure it out by not trying. Again, you have to be bad. You have to fuck it up. You have to get it wrong to get it right. You know, most people don't get things right without getting it wrong at first. (laughs) And that's okay. And action is a really key word here. Like you might hear me talking about repetition and think that you can just repeat affirmations to yourself in the mirror, but that is not the case. Yes, you can do that, but you also have to repeat the action. So telling yourself I am disciplined is nothing if you don't also show yourself that you are disciplined. If you want to believe you're consistent, you have to tell yourself you are and then show yourself you are. You have to build evidence. Again, it comes back to that Alex Hormozzi quote, you know, um, it's not about repeating affirmations in the mirror. It's about actually building a stack of undeniable evidence that you are who you say that you are. You need the evidence and look for it. I guarantee you, you might be like, I have no evidence. I promise you, there is probably some evidence in your life. This happens to me all the time with clients. They'll they'll, they'll come to me and they'll say like, yeah, this week was meh, it was okay, it wasn't great. I pull up their, their like nutrition log and it's like pretty much perfect. Maybe one meal was off. I'm like, you have loads of consistent days here. Look at those, you know, ignore that negativity bias that is pointing at the bad things and the wrong things, which we all tend to do. And I know that we do that. That's the something that we do as humans. We don't notice the the wins. We notice the losses. But start trying to rewire that, you know, that habit and start trying to say to yourself, okay, one thing didn't go great, but a few things did go pretty well. And I just need to now work on improving that one thing that didn't go right, which I can do. But I also have to remember that there's a lot of evidence there that I can be consistent and I can stay on track and I can do these things. So hopefully now you can just see how linked this growth mindset is to the actual physical process of neuroplasticity and how embracing our mistakes and rising to the challenges, we can lay down those new neural connections and pathways to improve ourselves and our lives. And again, it's it takes time. It takes time. It takes repetition. It takes trying and trying and trying, probably failing, getting it wrong, but trying again, you know, and just knowing that you can is step one. So I think that that's going to sort of be it for this episode. Like I said, I've been wanting to do this for a while because I love the whole topic. I love the whole area of neuroplasticity. Um, but I just wanted to make sure that I could deliver it properly. So I hope that I did. I hope I made some sort of sense. I feel like I was a little bit all over the place at times there. Um, just because I feel, I'm feeling really hyper this morning. <laughs> but I enjoyed that. And I'm hoping that you can take some actual value from this episode. Um, and again, like all the basic practices that I always talk about, you know, like journaling, visualization, being present. All of these things are really important. Um, but believe you can and you are fucking halfway there but knowing that physiologically this is a process that occurs I think is massive and I hope that now you can go away and start to think about how can I maybe foster a bit more of a growth mindset in different areas of my life again this doesn't just have to be about fitness it can be about everything you know I know I had a very fixed mindset when it came to intelligence like I did have that when I was in university because I was intelligent and I thought, well, I'm just, this This is just the way that I am sometimes. Um, and now I've started to try and have more of a growth mindset about things like creativity. I always told myself I'm not creative, but that's not true. I can be creative if I try. It might look different to other people's creativity, but it doesn't mean that it's wrong. It doesn't mean that it's right. So I hope you can go away and be a bit more of a growth mindset bitch this week. Okay. So I'm going to wrap it up there. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love to hear if you did. 
I would also love it if you again rate, review, follow, subscribe, share, blah 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 the podcast. Share it on your Instagram stories. Tag me. My name is Emma.curvin. Go and follow me over there. Um coaching spaces. You can grab one down below. Again, I said I was gonna stop at 70, but here we are. I've passed that and I don't think I'm gonna stop right now. I think I'm okay. I think I can handle a few more. <laughs> um, but specifically if you're interested in like photo shoot preps next year or comp preps next year, um send me a message and let's chat but I do love helping everybody if you're willing to work hard I'm willing to help you okay that's the most important thing that's my only stipulation that you work your bum off okay because I only work with hard workers um okay I'm gonna love you and leave you and thank you so much for listening and I will catch you in the next one bye